0: So this morning I come with bad news and good news. So this morning about 6.30, I got, I got a call from Rita saying Tim's been up for the last two hours puking every 30 minutes. She said, can you preach this morning? So the good news this morning is I'm not going to preach this morning. And the even better news is my father-in-law who lives here in town, said, sure, I can do it, when I called and asked him. So I'm going to hand it over to uh, my father-in-law, Rodney, with an hour and a half of sermon prep this morning. Here we go. You know, God is uh, amazing. He's always, you got to know, you got to know. I really want to grab this pulpit and bring it down there about, you know, 10 feet right to you. God is never, ever surprised by anything. Uh, Our life has changed just recently as I have elderly parents that have needed some care and we have left Kentucky early, come back to St. Joe. the morning, the morning that we were loading up, loading our truck, Christine called to tell about the most recent happening uh, with Laney. And it's just like more confirmation. But I actually, two months ago, thought, you know, I may have opportunity to preach on Easter. I need to prepare a message. And uh, God's always ahead of the game. I begin today with a traditional Easter greeting of the Lord is risen. And you respond, he is risen in Indeed. He is the reason, the resurrection of Jesus is the reason that we come and worship and celebrate every Sunday. We celebrate at Christmas that little baby that was born in a manger. But the reason we celebrate Jesus is that little baby grew up and became a man and willingly laid down his life for us that we could be forgiven. And we know that he was God's son because God brought him back to life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we celebrate. Last Easter, we were unable to be together because of COVID. But this year we come together and we celebrate and we worship. Easter is a day that we focus on Jesus' resurrection that shows us he and he alone has the power of life. Jesus speaks in Revelation 1 8, and I can tell you right now, I might as well just put these glasses on and get it over with. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end says the Lord, who was and is and who is to come, the Almighty. In the weeks leading up to to Easter, we always remember Jesus' death, his suffering, how he was beaten, how he was abused. And now we come and we celebrate the resurrection. Easter has lots of questions. Questions like, why was the one who who offered living water to a woman now on the cross saying, I am thirsty? Why was the one who opened the eyes of the blind now blindfolded and beaten and abused? I thought about that some time ago and thought, can you imagine being blindfolded and hit in the face and you don't know when the blow is coming, you don't know how to protect yourself, and that was the reality of what happened to Jesus because of your sin and mine. Why was the one who earlier they wanted to make king when he fed 5,000 with a few loaves and fish now, now being beaten and abused? Why? Because God knew that you and I needed forgiveness. He said in the very beginning that the cost of sin is death, but he doesn't want us to experience death separation from him. So what God did is He sent Jesus, His one and only Son, to pay the penalty of your sin and mine. God decided to give His Son as a sacrifice for us. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5 says this, He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. God in love chose to give Jesus as a sacrifice for your sin and mine so that we could have relationship with him, so that we could be with him one day in heaven. It's according to his pleasure and will. Revelation 13.8 says Jesus was the lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. God's love for us, we can't really fathom. We really can't. Why would he give his one and only son for us. Why? Because He loves us. We can't really fathom, but by faith, though, we can believe it. We can believe that God loves us and put our sin on His Son so that we could have eternal life. In John 6, we see Jesus feeding 5,000 with a, a few loaves and fish. And if you know the story, you know the next day they came looking for Jesus and Jesus immediately called them out he said you're not here because you want to follow me you want to be my disciple but you've simply come because you want another fish sandwich and he said do not work for food that spoils but for that which endures to eternal life and and they said well what, what must we do to do the works of God? And Jesus said the work of God is to believe in the one he sent. And it takes work to believe in Jesus because of all the trouble that we face in this world. All around us we see chaos and confusion. Even before the pandemic that's put us in a place that we have never ever been before, there's a feeling of uncertainness of what, what's going to happen in the future. In 2020, I prayed for 2020 vision. And I think clearly God gave our world 2020 vision as He reminded us how uncertain life is. And it helps us realize we need to be ready to be with Him, the One who created us. In John 20, we hear John's account of the resurrection of Jesus. And we see a number of common emotions that we all face. There's fear. There's confusion. Th- those are a, a reality of our life. But we also see faith and we see God's promise of blessing for those who see with eyes of faith, believe His promises. I want to I pick up at the end of John 19 that talks about the burial of Jesus. In verse 38, it says, Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and he took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who had earlier visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. The first thing that we see is we see fear. John tells of Joseph of Arimathea coming, asking Pilate for the body of Jesus, And it says he was a disciple of Jesus, but he was one privately because of fear of the Jews. I don't know what he was afraid of. I don't know if he was afraid that the Jews would uh, hurt him, beat him like Jesus was, if he was just afraid of what his peers would think. Possibly he was like the parents of the man who Jesus healed that was born blind the authorities questioned the parents, is this your son? Was he born blind? And it says they didn't answer for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue, kicked out of church. Proverbs 29, 25 says, fear of man is a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. I, I don't know, but maybe, maybe a description of Joseph could describe you today. A disciple is one who is a, a follower of Jesus, and maybe you are a follower of Jesus, but maybe you're one privately for fear of what your friends may think or even do. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but we don't want to fear people more than we do God. we just saying that because he lives, all fear is gone. Every time I sing that line, I want to argue with it and say, come on, that's not real just like the Nike symbol that says no fear. We know that fear is a part of our life. But praise God, because of faith, because of Jesus, despite our fear, we can walk by faith and we can bring glory to God. The pandemic brought fear like we've never seen. As people are afraid to die, I was talking with my aunt Kathy uh, some time ago during the pandemic and she was talking about all the fear that was so rampant and she said, you know, but don't you think, she said, I think the fear that we're facing, it's it's the fear of death. And she said, don't you remember as, you know, as kids, one of the first emotions we felt was was fear and it's really the fear of death. And I, I agreed with her at the, the moment. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, no, as a child, A child like faith, a child who grows up being told God loves you and singing Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so. One of our first thoughts when it comes to God is not fear, but it's love. Because we know that he loves us. 1 John 4.18 says there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Adam and Eve lived in God's presence, and they were blessed. But when they sinned, they became self-conscious, afraid, guilty, and hid. Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for he was afraid of the Jews. He, he, he wasn't alone when he took the body of Jesus off the cross. Nicodemus, one of the Jewish officials, one of the people that he was afraid of, was also with him. And it says Nicodemus was the one who earlier had come to Jesus at night. We've always thought that the reason he came at night was because he was afraid of what his friends would think, the other Jewish leaders, if they saw him talking with Jesus. But they came to take Jesus body off the tomb. Nicodemus was the one to whom Jesus said you you must be born again. Unless you're born of water and spirit you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Fear is is an emotion we know very well. I said a natural emotion as 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 kids was Not fear, but but love. But fear is a part of being a child. There's not a child alive that wasn't afraid of the dark. And what does a child want? They want you to leave the light on, not to make it dark in their room at night. But isn't it interesting as we as adults grow up and we begin to experience sin, Rather than wanting to be in the light where everything is seen, we can find ourselves hiding in the dark for fear of what people may know about us. But the remedy to our fear is light. To come into God's light that He may cleanse everything that is present in our life, that He might make us new. And did you know that there's really no such thing as darkness? That darkness is simply the absence of light. And that's why Jesus is the light of the world. First John 1 John five says, this is the message we've heard from God and declare to you, God is light, in Him is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Not only you and me having fellowship with each other, but we have fellowship with God our Father, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. We need light. More specifically, what we need is we need God's light. We're afraid, but God doesn't want you to be afraid. He calls you to come into the light of Jesus. John introduces us to Jesus in John 1.1 saying, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Him was, uh, through Him all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. He tells us that Jesus is the one who created this world. He was God in the flesh. And it says, In Him was life, and that life was the light of all men. What we need is the light of God. God doesn't want us to be afraid. And so He doesn't leave us here alone in the darkness trying to figure it all out on our own. He came. He came to give life and light through Jesus, who is the light of the world. We go on to read John 20 in verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He, He bent over, and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, But he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. Typical Peter. He just runs right in. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in the place, separated from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. The second emotion that we see after fear is we see confusion, which is also often a part of our life. Very early that Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene, a woman that Jesus healed, a woman who was not a disciple privately, she was very public, as she was one who Jesus had cast demons out of, he had changed her life, he had saved her, he had made her new, she went that morning to anoint the body of Jesus. She came, and as she came there, she she was surprised to find that Jesus' body was not there, and she was confused. She thought, automatically she thought, his body was stolen. So she ran to find Peter, and it says the disciple whom Jesus loved. The one who's referred to as the disciple who Jesus loved is John, the one who is writing this account of the story. And John is not making a a brag like, I'm I'm the one that Jesus loved the most of all. But John was one who, who was overwhelmed with the love of God. He never got over the fact that God loved him. And maybe the reason for that was because John and his brother James were not what we would call really lovely guys. We see at a time when Jesus and the disciples were heading to Jerusalem, and Jesus sent James and John ahead of him to a village to see if they could spend the night there, and the village rejected them. They came back and they told Jesus, no, they won't let us stay there, and they said to Jesus, you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them? Nice guys. Jesus rebuked them on that occasion. But John says, I I got to the tomb first. Typical men make a, a competition out of everything that is there. John includes that detail. We talk about John feeling loved by God because he knew the truth about himself. Maybe you know how that feels. Or maybe you identify with Mary in her confusion. They've taken him. They said they've taken his body and we don't know where they've put him. They they ran to the tomb. John got there. He he saw the linen strips, but he, he, he didn't go in. But then Peter came and he crashes in. He saw the strips of linen as well as the burial cloth that was around Jesus. And then it says, again, John says, I, I went in, I won the race, I was there first. But he said, I saw and believed. Adding, but they still didn't understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. They They believed, but they were confused. Maybe that describes you this morning. You believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be, the resurrection and the life. But if you're honest, there's still confusion. If that's the truth about you, I think you're pretty normal. But by grace, what God wants to do as you walk by faith is he wants to remove your confusion. He wants you, despite your fear and doubt, to walk in a way that honors him. And as you do, he reveals himself to you. He shows you that he is the resurrection And the life. They believed, but they were confused. Fear and confusion are a part of our life in a world today separated from God our Father. It's why Jesus came. He came to give us light and life, to put an end to our fear and confusion. John 8 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He's the light of life. We get confused about life. We get confused about God. We get confused about Jesus, His Son, and the Holy Spirit whom He gives us to fill us and indwell us. I've been blessed to to read and and share God's Word for many, many years, and I, I still don't fully comprehend all He does. He's amazing. But what I know is this. His desire isn't for you to live in fear and confusion. His desire is for you to believe that He loves you, that He's with you, despite whatever, that He's your Father who longs to love you and bless you, to know you, to give you life, to give you life eternal. He he created you to know His love and have life with Him. Fear and confusion reign in our uncertain world, but by grace through the cross, confusion can become clarity. Like Peter and John, we don't fully understand him or his love, but one day we will. But only, only if we'll do what we see next, what we see is, we see faith. The story goes on to tell Peter and John left the tomb, Mary remained, and Jesus came to her. At first, she did not recognize him. He asked her, why, why are you crying? Who? Who is it you're looking for? thinking he was was the gardener, it says, she said, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I'll go and get him. The first response, I, I love this, the first response to the resurrection by the followers of Jesus wasn't faith, wasn't, he's alive, I know he's alive. The first response was confusion. It shows us the reality that they're like us, that we too get confused even though he told them repeatedly what was going to happen, that he was going to die and on the third day he would rise again, they they didn't understand. I, I believe the reason is because it's too much for our natural mind to understand. It's why we all need a miracle in our life. It's why, as Jesus said, we must be born again. We must be born of God's Spirit. It's only God's Holy Spirit that reveals to us the truth that Jesus is who He claimed to be the resurrection and the life, the only, only source of life. Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned around to Him crying, Rabboni, which means teacher, grabbing a hold of Him. He said, don't hold on to me, but go to my brothers and and tell them I'm returning to my Father, to your Father, to my God and to your God. And, And we read in verse 19, On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you, and with that... Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. The story goes on to talk about faith. Again, we see fear. The disciples are together in the room and the doors are locked. The reason the doors are locked is because they're afraid. Jesus has been arrested and crucified and they're sure that they are next because they are his followers. And suddenly he's standing there among them saying, peace be with you. He speaks those same words to you and to me in our fear. After saying peace be still, he he showed them, he, he knows how we struggle to believe, to have faith. He showed them his hands. He showed them his side. They were overjoyed when they saw him. And again, he said, a second time, peace be with you. Because you can imagine, they're trying to absorb what is happening. How can this be real? Listen, Jesus wants to replace your fear and confusion with faith and peace. Peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Of God in your life. He promises in Philippians 4 a peace that passes understanding that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as we with prayers and petition and thanksgiving present our requests to God. As we come to God even in our confusion even in our pain even in our struggling and praise him and worship him. He brings a, a peace that passes understanding. When you find yourself in that place of tragedy, in that place of difficulty, and and it's hard to believe, and yet you cry out to Him and you worship Him, you're you're acting in faith, and He blesses as He brings peace. When Jesus came to them, Thomas, one of His disciples, wasn't present, and Thomas said, "I I, I won't believe." I will not believe unless I can feel the nail prints in his hand put my hand in his side. And so Jesus came. And Jesus said, Here, check it out. And he says the same thing to us. Again, when Jesus came, he said to them, Peace, be still. And he invited Thomas to check it out. He said, Thomas, I know you're confused, but I'm alive. Thomas, after checking it out, said, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Because you have seen, you believe, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Guys, you and I have an opportunity to be blessed of God. We have not seen Jesus. We were not there. We can't put our hands in His hands. We cannot touch the wound in His side. And yet we have the blessing to look back and to see. We didn't live 2,000 years ago. We didn't see His miracles. And and we aren't able to see or touch His wounds. But we can still believe. And we can be blessed. But faith is required. But when we have faith in Jesus, we experience number four, Jesus promises blessing. Although we fight fear and confusion, we can have faith and be blessed. We don't see Him as Thomas and the disciples did. But blessed are those who do not see and believe we're not able to touch him we talk about 2020 vision you hear it said that hindsight is 2020 we're able to look back and see the truth of jesus we're not like the disciples who although the tomb was empty they were confused and they didn't understand. We can look back and we can see the facts. We can see the promises from the Old Testament of the Savior who would come, of the Lamb who would be slain for your sins and mine. We can examine the evidence and by grace put our faith in Jesus and be born again. We read in John 20, 30, and 31 these words, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of of His disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written, John tells us, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing you may have life in His name. The work of God, Jesus said in John 6, is to believe in the One that He has sent. It takes work to believe in Jesus. To realize that What we're reading here, it's it's not some fairy tale. It's the truth of God. You know one of the main reasons I believe in Jesus and God's promises is because why is it that 2,000 years since a little baby was born to peasant parents in a barn and laid in a manger, why is it that 2,000 years later, we celebrate this little baby that was born. The only answer that I can come up with is because he was no ordinary child. And the reason we know he was no ordinary child is because he grew up and he gave his life as a sacrifice for your sin and mine. And his body was laid in the tomb and his own disciples were destroyed. They thought it's over, it's done, it's finished. We were so sure he was the one. But three days later, he came back to life, proving what he said, that I am the resurrection of the life and all who live and believe in me will live even though they die. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And that's why this day around the world, people gather to celebrate Easter. We celebrate the risen Savior who gave His life for us that we might have life, that we might have hope, that we might have help, that we wouldn't have to live in fear and confusion, but we could walk by faith, bring glory to God, and have peace in our lives. And I pray that peace is yours this morning. It's the promise of God as we put our trust in Him. And maybe maybe there's someone here this morning that needs the miracle that only comes through God, through Jesus Christ, His Son, the miracle of the new birth, of being born again by faith. So we're going to sing a song of invitation. And the invitation is for you to not let the fear of man overwhelm you that would cause you to hide, to not let people see what God is doing in you, but that you would be willing to stand boldly and to say, I believe, I believe. Stand with me and let me pray just a moment. Stand with me, please. Oh, Father, we love you. I give you praise for your word and for your son. Father, I thank you so much for Easter, for an empty tomb. Father, I I know this would, uh, uh, it'd be hard on this day. So many people here to say I believe, to confess I'm a sinner who needs forgiven. But Father, I pray for miracles in this place today. Miracle of new birth for your glory, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.